Hey, before you start today's episode, I just wanted to jump on in and tell you about something so very exciting. I am holding my first ever summit. The Rise Above Summit is going to be on the 20th and the 21st of March and the tickets to it are free. All you have to do is register at theriseabovesummit.com. Now, I have pulled together the most phenomenal lineup for you. Honestly, it's like a who's who of the online world. So if you have an online business that you want to grow, so you're either a course creator, a membership owner, or a coach and do offer group programs, then this is definitely the summit for you. You are going to learn everything you need to know from the best experts out there in terms of growing that business. Let me just give you a little rundown of some of the speakers that we've got speaking. We've got the amazing Amy Porterfield, who's going to be sharing with us about growing her audience and basically creating a million dollar online business. We've got the phenomenal Michael Hyatt, who is a New York Times bestselling author, who's going to be talking to us about getting organized in our business. We've got Mike from the Membership Guys, who's going to be talking about using free content to sell your online membership. We've got Lucy Street from Adobe Express sharing the secret source of social media. We've got Graham Cochran, who's talking about a million dollar life giving business formula. And I do an amazing interview with him. We have Adrian Salisbury talking about three keys to maximizing your own camera presence. We have Kirsten Miller, Mary Hyatt, Joy Ann Boyce. Uh, we have Fifi Mason, Robin Kennedy. We have Kylie Lang, Melanie Moore, Jen Lena, Natalie Bullen, Liz Mosley. Like the list goes on and on and on. We honestly have the most phenomenal people. We also have various different activities that you can take part in that go from meditation to tapping to doing marketing in 10 minutes. So we've got lots of fun things and there's also competitions to get amazing swag. So go and check out theriseabovesummit.com. It will be linked in the show notes or wherever you're listening to this podcast. Go and find it in my social media. Get your free ticket. And after you get your free ticket, you will be given the opportunity to upgrade to our VIP pass. And our VIP pass means that you can watch any of these sessions whenever you want. Because the one thing about putting on such an amazing summit with such a big and amazing lineup is that we can't fit them all in two days. And in order to fit them in, we're doing tracks. So you will get to pick between three different speakers of which one to watch live. And unless you've got the VIP passed, you won't be able to watch the speakers that you've missed. So do check that out as well. It's honestly going to be amazing. I am so very excited about it and I can't wait to see you there. You are listening to the Marketing That Converts podcast, episode 134. You are listening to the Marketing That Converts podcast and I'm your host, Teresa Heath-Waring. If you're a marketer, business owner or entrepreneur that is frustrated and overwhelmed with all the constant changes in digital marketing and social media, then you, my friend, are in the right place. Each week, I share with you easy, insightful and actionable steps that you can use to grow your business. So let's get started. Hello and a super warm welcome to this week's episode of the podcast. How are you doing? Now, the children have gone back to school here in the UK. 
And on my way back from dropping off my daughter, I drove past a load of women who had obviously just dropped off their uh, children. That sounds really sexist. They were women. I'm not being sexist. And they couldn't have looked happier if they tried. Literally, it was like freedom. It was amazing. So anyway, my daughter is at school today, which is lovely, uh, just because I don't think it's healthy for her to be home all the time and not have that structure. And if you caught last week's episode, you'll know we talked all about this and it was a really good episode. So if you haven't listened to that, do go back and check out episode 133. But yeah, really good talking about structure and how important it is and how we need it, even though we might not feel like we do. So that's cool. Anyway, so I'm glad she's back with, in the nicest sense of the word. I feel a bit mean saying that, but I am glad she's back. And it actually means... For the first time in a long time, there's no one in the house, which is really weird. Now, to be fair, my husband is still doing some work from home and he's just gone to take the dog for a walk. But it is a bit odd that there's no one in the house, but actually really lovely. Now, I've been super busy in these last few days planning the end of year because I decided that I don't want to just throw away the rest of this year just because it's been a little bit of a nightmare. So I've been really busy working out what's going to happen, when I start what projects, when we're going to launch certain things. And also I'm planning something really exciting for the end of the year. Now, I don't want to tell you anything. I hate it when people do that though, so I'm sorry. But the only reason I don't want to tell you is because I don't want to like make out that it's going to be one thing and it doesn't end up being that thing. So I need to get a few more things in the bag. I need to clarify a few things with other people and then I'll let you know. Anyway, that was ridiculously pointless exercise, me telling you something's coming, but then not telling you what. I'm really sorry about that. Like I said, I do hate it when that happens. Anyway, today is the 7th of September and it's car open for my 90 day program. The car opens today and will stay open until Thursday, the 10th of September for you to join the 90 day program. So just in case you missed some previous episodes and you want to hear what it's about, obviously you can now go to theresaheathwearing.com forward slash 90 day. So you can go there and check it all out. It'll explain everything. But in brief, what it is, is a small, no more than 10 group program. And it's a great opportunity to really drive your business forward and to really finish this year with an absolute plan and having started that plan to absolutely smash 2021. Now, I've had a better year than I ever expected, not only from the beginning of a year, but also from what then happened. So it doesn't mean just because these things happen around us, and there's always going to be something, always, you know, we had a pandemic. My mum got ill. My mum died. I ended up in hospital. Like seriously, I couldn't have wrote this year. And yet when you look at my income of the business and my turnover, I did way better than I was even expecting on an average year with nothing going on, as in none of those things. So it just proves that there will always be something. So what we can do is we can choose to treat it differently and decide that we will plan our own success and we will do our own thing. Because if I'd just given up, I'd have been nowhere. You know, I'd have just gone, well, I'll just write this year off. And I was tempted, I have to say, I would have quite liked to have three, four months off. But anyway, but I didn't. And when things went wrong with my mum, granted, I took some time and, and was out of the business slightly. But because of the business I'd built, it meant that it didn't affect it. And I came back to it when I felt ready 
and carried on. And it wasn't like I'd left. So I'm not saying that, you know, when awful things happen, you just work through them. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that every year there'll be a challenge. Every year there'll be a problem. Every year there'll be something. But if we let those stop us, we'll never, ever get to where we want to be. So for me, having the 90-day program really helps focus you. And not only is it great to be around those other entrepreneurs who are trying to strive and do amazing things like you, you know, are launching programs or wanting to start something like a podcast and really be known in their industry or needing to build their personal brand. So there's so many things that I help with, but also you get to be around those people, but then you get some one-to-one time with me. And I don't do this lightly. And this is likely to change going forward. But at this point, you still get a number of one-to-one calls with me. So where we can really deep dive into your business and really focus on, okay, this is what you need to do. This is how you can do it. As well as those teeny tiny group calls where, again, you know, you, me and nine other entrepreneurs maximum get into a Zoom room and we chat about your business. I've got some great strategies in terms of things that have really helped turn mine and turned other people's businesses around. So I can't wait to work with you. It's brilliant. I've put some amazing testimonials on that page. The people I've worked with are amazing um, and they've achieved amazing things. They've launched their programs and not just launched them, like literally blew it out the water because we set them up a plan and they went through it step by step by step and we did it together. So so anyway, do go check out the 90 day program. Like I said, the doors close midnight, Thursday, 10th of September, and we start in earnest the following couple of weeks. And then, like I said, there'll be a mix of group calls and one-to-one calls and support in between. And we'll really get you moving and get your business where you need it to be. I can't wait. I'm really excited. I love it. And I love working with people in this way because it just makes it so nice and close and I can make a big, big difference. So anyway, there we go. Enough about that. On with this week's podcast. I have got a lovely guest for you. Amanda Jane Daly is a leading business mentor for health coaches worldwide. But you know what's so cool about this interview is that we jumped from like one thing to another, to another, to another. And we actually crammed in so many different things. The original reason Amanda was coming on was to talk about Instagram and the things that she sees that entrepreneurs do wrong when they're trying to grow their businesses using Instagram. So I was like, that'd be a great episode. I, you know, I really obviously like talking about Instagram and it's a great platform at the moment and we'll have her on. And then there was elements of her story about the fact that she had a corporate job in marketing. So she'd got this sort of background in marketing and then... She started to feel burnt out. She was working too much. She wanted to look at her health and how alternative health might help. So anyway, she then went down this journey of doing yoga and discovering all this kind of slightly more woo-woo style stuff and then built a business with both of those amazing passions in line. So, And then from that... She goes on and she talks about things like money mindset, which was a great conversation. I love talking about that one. And if you've never come across like the money mindset stuff before, I think I'm going to do a whole episode on it because it's really interesting. And some of this stuff, like things like money mindset, some of the woo stuff, I just have a really open mind to it and think, well, if it can help, let's give it a go. So, you know, and that's the way I encourage you all to kind of just 
have a look at these things. But anyway, so we had a bit of a chat about that. And then we talked about Instagram. So like I said, we were almost all over the shop, but it was a great conversation. I really, really enjoyed talking to her. She's also got uh, a few things that she's got for you in the show notes. So she's doing a challenge, I think, soon. So you can sign up to that. If you go to theresaithwaring.com forward slash 134, you will get everything you need there in the show notes. Anyway, I will stop wittering on and I will hand you over to the very lovely Amanda. So it gives me great pleasure today to welcome the very lovely Amanda Daly to the podcast. How are you doing, Amanda? I am so good. I'm excited to be here. And as you can hear, uh, Amanda is in literally the other side of the planet from me at the moment. Uh, so we, I've just got up and probably have bags under my eyes. And Amanda's done a full day of work and uh, is probably getting ready to have a gin or a wine and go to bed. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds about right. So Amanda, I'm really excited about today's uh, podcast interview. We're going to be talking about how you literally excelled your business in 12 months, which feels like how on earth could anybody do that? But you're going to tell us how you did. And we're going to be looking at Instagram. But before we get started, can you just let my lovely listeners know who you are and how you got to do what you're doing today? Absolutely. So great to be here. My name's Amanda Jane Daly. And yes, I do live in Australia. It's actually a New Zealand accent that you hear there. So I will just share that. (laughs) I've lived here for a number of years though. And I work today as a business mentor specifically for people in the health and wellness industry. So health and wellness entrepreneurs, health coaches, nutritionists, as a business mentor. And how did I get here? I was in online advertising and marketing. In fact, uh, fun fact for you, Teresa, my first job was actually in London. We didn't get to talk about that. Yeah, I worked in the um, startup team of eBay in the UK a number of years back. So I spent my whole career in marketing, advertising, etc., But I was burning out, you know, by the time I was well into my 30s, I was really struggling to keep up. So I was just doing every health modality that I possibly Mm. could try and survive, to try and fix myself. And, you know, I was doing yoga, then I became a yoga teacher, and then I did energy healing and energy teaching and all these things. And one thing led to another, and I found a health coaching qualification and never considered entrepreneurship in my life before. But, you know, I was tired of this whole corporate gig, saw people that I knew making it look easy online. Mm -hmm. And I was like, well, I can do this. So yeah, halfway through my certification, left that job and took the leap. And I will say the first year of entrepreneurship was the hardest of my life. It's nothing like it looks online. (laughs) At least it definitely wasn't in, that was 2012. And there was definitely, there wasn't as much business training around then. There was some Mm. for sure. But it really was a matter of trying to copy what other people were doing and trying to understand why was that not working. You know, it really led me to quite a dark hole that first year of, uh, you know, it works for other people, not me. Mm. So really spiraled downwards. And if I'm honest, my health got worse in that first year of entrepreneurship from just like trying to make it work, trying to, you know, all the kind of hustle. Uh, But obviously I worked it out and, you know, got the best mentorship I could, invested in the best programs I could. And yeah, I got my health coaching business up and running, rocking and rolling for a a good couple of years there. And then one thing just led to another. People kept asking me, well, you know, we're health coaches. We can't get it up and running. Can you teach us? I was pretty resistant for a while there, but (laughs) eventually I guess gave in. I could see I had this background and I had this skill set and everything I'd learned. And I just really wanted to get health coaching 
you know, out as an advocate mm. into the world. So I've been doing that since late 2014. Amazing. I love what I love about this is there's a few different elements here. First off, it's like you took your passion with your knowledge and just like fused them together, which is so important. I, I interviewed Dean Graziosi a while back. And one of the things he said is if he was starting again, he would invest his time in learning marketing because you can have the best products and service in the world, but if no one knows about it, then you're not selling any. So you had that marketing skills, you had those advertising, you had that thing, and then you had the passion in the thing that you loved, which again, for me, as a business owner, you just said that first year sucked, right? Oh <laughs> and it, I feel what I didn't have was confidence. Like, it's yeah. very different to market. I was winning international awards for some of these big advertising brands I was working mm-hmm. on. Selling yourself is such a different thing. Like, really. Yeah. So if you hadn't have had some experience knowing, I do know this stuff, even if you didn't feel like it, and I get it, right? You know, you go from winning international awards to then you're like little old me stuck in my bedroom or stuck in a room in the house or whatever, trying to do it. But if you didn't have that passion for the product and the, and when I say the product, I mean the, the health industry and the the reasons behind it and your own personal journey, then you would have given up, I'm sure. Do you think, or... Without a doubt. I mean, I would apply that right through to today. Without the passion and the real deep sense of purpose I have in this work, no matter how good a marketer I've got, I would give up quite regularly if it wasn't yeah. for that deep commitment and that deep passion. You need both. You really do. Yeah. So, And I do see this sometimes where people are like, they just want the online business. They just want the, and who doesn't, let's be honest, who doesn't want to be able to sit on a beach? Obviously we can't at the moment because we can't go anywhere and our beaches aren't that, well, they're lovely, but the weather's not that great here. But like, who doesn't want to sit on a beach and have their business bring in money every night for them? Like, of course you do. But I think you're, and, and I'm an example of, we do what we love. Like whether we got money for this or not, we would still be absolutely 100% passionate about our thing. And that's got to be, I don't know, I guess I'll ask you the question, you know, that's got to be one of the key factors in anybody's success. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, for me personally, it's the passion for health. It's the passion for getting that out there. That was when I realized, like you say, it was like all my skills and background felt like ding, 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 like all came in together when I realized oh, I can help others get this out there. Mm. Um, But also, yes, I love marketing. And I think I took that for granted too. You know, a lot of my entrepreneur friends over the time, I realized they've had to learn it slowly. And obviously that's, you know, what I teach, but I I just Mm. do love marketing. It's that mix. For me, it's actually a very um, feminine, masculine kind of mix that I've always been into, right? From when I first got into marketing, it was really in like, I used to make digital flash banners. (laughs) You know, and it was kind of really? like the design with the, yeah. the techie yeah. <laughs> showing my end with flash banners. Yeah. Uh, I used to love two together, right? Like bringing yeah. something, creating something uh, yeah. and, and branding, you know, bringing that out. Yeah. And then one more thing actually that's interesting is you talk about when you worked in corporate and you're burning out and then you became an entrepreneur and you were like holy moly man because do you know what when I look back to my corporate days I was like oh my god I had it easy like I thought I worked hard I thought and I remember coming into my own business going well I always worked hard thinking what's the difference oh no there is a world of difference between working for someone and working for yourself isn't there 
Absolutely. You know, it's actually one of the things I've witnessed as a change in my husband's habits since working from home because he works mm. for corporate. But that when there's not the the home time, when there's not the deadline, there's not the, you know, start, finish time, it's interesting mm. to watch his habits have changed to what I think are entrepreneur habits. Yeah. And the difference, of course, being in your own business, the more you put in, the more we get out. And especially, I think, the more business starts to be successful, mm. then we can really get quite addicted to that, right? Like, you know that if you put this in, I'm going to get more out. And there's just one more thing. There's always one more thing. It can always. be so good Yeah. 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 So let's talk about, and I've got this amazing title here about going from 35,000 to 330,000 in a year. Now, can I be so honest and say that sounds like that's the dream that everybody wants, isn't it? That's what people want to, to aspire to. So they might have got their thing off the ground, they might be ticking over and getting a bit of income from it. But it's like, how do I get it out to more people? How do I get more people to sign up to this thing, buy this thing, engage in this thing? So let's find out the secret or the <laughs> the magic formula that we're all going to do tomorrow and suddenly boom we're all at that if only that was that um but yeah so yeah. tell the story how did you do that in one year absolutely um so some really specific things that i was doing that year i went into an online business mastermind so I think this is important to mention because clearly I said I had online business marketing, you know, background. I'd also done many e-courses and small courses. And what is really significant for me in joining the business mastermind, it was still a course, you know, with curriculum. This time I applied it. This yes. time I, it wasn't new for me uh, and it wasn't new for me this time in entrepreneurship either. I'd been studying that, you know, first one, two years, whatever in business. And I feel like the real difference is this time I did it. I do think a lot of it has to do with confidence too. When I look back and when I mentor uh, new entrepreneurs today, we often don't take action because we're like, oh, then I'd have to get a client or then I'll be visible or then so we can procrastinate so much and, and kid ourselves. And I really applied it, did it, took action, didn't just learn but actually did the steps. And, and that's everything from, you know, not just making a fancy website. This time I actually, you know, made a landing page and did an opt-in and actually put it out there. And, mm. uh, you know, nothing crazy that probably most entrepreneurs today don't know it's very readily available. But I think the fact that I actioned it, and I think it's important for everyone to hear, sometimes it takes two, three years of mm. learning before the penny drops. It's like I was hearing concepts in a new way. It's like, oh, you just do that. Okay. Oh, you just do it. Yeah. <laughs> That's what my client yeah. said. Just <laughs> reading it doesn't do it. Weird. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I find my most successful clients today are always like the ones who say, I did exactly what Amanda said, nothing more, nothing less. But we often don't apply what we actually nope. learn. So and that was definitely a big key, though. Yeah. Do you not find as well, because obviously you do a similar thing, but in a very specific space, Mm. I find myself saying the same thing over and over again. And I think to myself, oh, I should get some new material. But the thing is, it's like genuinely, those are the things that work. And, And like you said, often the problem isn't, I know I need a lead magnet. I know I need a landing page. I know I need a better sales page. I know I need, you know, onboarding emails. I know I need sales emails. I know I need... 
but it's actually doing all of those things, isn't it? It's, it's actually saying, yes, I'm going to do them all. And then when they do them, that's when the success comes. I think deciding to and making a decision. So often I see people not wanting to choose their messaging. Oh, I'm not clear on my messaging. I'm not clear on my market. I wasn't clear (laughs) back then that I'm going to mentor health coaches. And I've probably questioned that every year since, but I still do. And I think that's one of the best things that I've done is made a decision. And it's like stick to it until it's not right. Yeah. And and you're right, because I... I was saying before we got on the call that I have a 90 day program where I I work more closely with a very small group of business owners. So I really get to understand their businesses better. And, and the amount of time that they'll pour over the small things, you know, so it'll be like, I'm not happy about my avatar. And yet they've put so much work into avatar that there has to come a point where we go, that's enough now, because like you said, I am five years down the line I'm still working it out. I'm still tweaking it and changing it. And and actually another change is due to come soon in terms of me doing what I've done has as made me see where my superpower lies and where my genius lies. And therefore, actually, it's like, so why don't I just fully focus on that? And I start shifting out some of these other things. So it want, it's never a done job. It's never like, boom, done, great. I can go put my feet up now. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I think it's just when people come to you too, you know, like my business mentoring only came in because I was saying no to it, but people were signing up for my health coaching and then just asking me business. So I think, you know, like at that time I was sticking with the the energy uh, fatigue work that I was doing as a health coach and, you know, it led to something. I think it's like when you're decisive and you keep moving forward, the right thing comes anyway and morphs. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. But you've got to do something. You've got to start for it to, I couldn't have sat here and done nothing for three years and then gone, oh, there's, there's where I should niche down to, you know, that just wouldn't have happened with it. Okay. So the other thing I'd like to know, only because I watched a webinar last night, I haven't done any training for ages. And there was a webinar that caught my eye and I thought, oh, I might watch that. And I was, as you do, it was like 8pm. I'm sat here with a gin, half watching that, half doing work. And they talked about Facebook ads, and they were talking about how much they spent in a launch. And I do Mm. think that this is often an area where people don't get it, right? They don't think, they see the figures, 35 to 330, and they just Mm. think, oh, great, that just happened. Was Mm. there an investment that you made in things like ads? And did that significantly increase from when you were doing 35 to 330? That is such a good question uh, that I'm nervous to answer because I actually can't remember exact facts, but I can say absolutely that it was rising before the Facebook ads. And I can also say I absolutely did bring Facebook ads in that year. So it's kind of both. Uh, I just don't want to, you know, say that one caused the other. Yeah, no, no. No, and and the thing is... um, That's when you can scale, obviously. And I I think sometimes, because I know like sometimes people look at these kind of launches or they look at these things and they think, wow, that's just all profit in the bank. And I remember when I first started, I was with James Wedmore on his next level coaching program. And I went to one of his events and he told us how much he spent in Facebook ads and my face, like my chin nearly hit the floor. Like it was a lot of money. So granted he was bringing in millions, but he was spending a million as well. And just, and obviously I'm not going to say who did this webinar last night, but just because I've literally got these stats sat in front of me and I just thought this was really interesting that we're talking about this today. 
is this woman bought in with a launch, uh, and I, again, I'm not going to tell you what it was or how much or whatever, but the, the she bought in earnings of $86,000 from one yeah. launch, okay? Which initially you're like, wow, that's pretty cool. And you might be sat there as a listener going, I wouldn't mind bringing $86,000 from one launch, but she spent yeah. 16000 on ads. And how yeah. many of you out there sat there right now would feel confident to invest $16,000 pounds, whatever it might be. I mean, granted the return came, she got that back and some, you know, so it was definitely worth the spending. But I do think that when people see the big numbers, they don't, some of the things maybe holding them back is having the confidence to invest in things like the ads, invest in someone to do you a proper funnel if you can't do the funnel yourself. or And, and that's what people are maybe not willing to do and therefore that's why maybe they don't take the next step. Absolutely. I think, you know, a lot of my work is so much about the internal, the mindset, the emotional, the energy side, as well as the marketing. And mm. risk has definitely played a huge part in mm. me growing this business, which is interesting because in some areas of life, I'm very you know nervous of risk, but yeah. risk and particular in investing, either in coaching, mentoring, uh, team, but especially Facebook ads. I mean, we're on the, mm. literally about to launch in the next couple of weeks and every single launch, I'm the same. You know, we know what we're doing now. We yeah. know, you know, how much to put in. I do invest uh, large, not as large as James, uh, you yeah. know, I invest large amounts of money in my launches and most of the time that pays off and occasionally it doesn't, you know, yeah. I've definitely lost huge amounts of money through uh, webinar software that's gone down at the wrong time that you can't recover anything from. And, you know, I've had scenarios like that. And it does, I think, entrepreneurship has to be your capacity for how much risk you can take. Like if you can handle investing $10,000, then maybe if you know what you're doing, then you can make 50, you know, we, I'm happy share you know we invest approximately in Australian dollars about a hundred thousand uh so US dollars we maybe 60 to 80 in most launches yeah. uh and then launches range from four to five hundred in revenue so yeah. it's absolutely worth it for us yeah and I know my numbers very tightly and at the yeah. same time if it goes wrong it does take that today where I'm at to fuel that so yeah. Uh, you got to build in that. There's no way I could have done that back then. I'm sure in, um, when we're talking about 2015, when my business went from, uh, you know, 30, 35 up to 330, there was Facebook ad investment. But from memory, I wish I had the numbers for you now. From memory, <laughs> I had $5,000 investment yeah. because ads were cheap then. Yes. And yeah, it was a very different game then. It was a very different game. Don't we all wish we could go back? Yeah. <laughs> We'd all have, you know, seven figure businesses by now because the ads were yeah. nothing. But it was just, do you know what? I've never really talked about this before. And and it was only because I watched that webinar last night and I was like, oh, that's really, you know, I appreciated the honesty of it. And and actually, I think that's a really important thing for everybody to hear because there is an element of taking risk. There is an element of going Okay, but the the thing is that you learn first. So when I tell people about ads and I coach people and we talk about they're great and do try them, but start small. And then once you know roughly what you're getting, you can build. And that's when you can make that decision to really hike it up and go, right, we're going all out now and we're going to really give it a good go and see what happens. So, so yeah. 
Thank you. I, like I said, I did, and I've completely put you on the spot there. <laughs> no, it's okay. <laughs> I'm actually really grateful for the opportunity in my audience because I work, you know, with more beginners. I don't recommend ads for this reason. There's so much we can do at the beginning to begin. Absolutely. Yes, yes, yes. Months, even 10K months. So yeah. only with my advanced clients do I even get to talk Facebook ads and numbers. Yeah. So it's refreshing. No, that's Thanks. cool. No, thank you. So the other thing that you put down as part of your success, which again, I love the fact that we've just gone from something really practical like Facebook ads to now slightly woo-woo. I do love a bit of woo-woo. Never did. I was like completely corporate all the way and then suddenly got my own business and a bit like you was like, okay, let's try this and try this and try this. So the other thing that you put down to it is your money mindset. So can you touch on that and just explain to people what you mean by that and how that helped you? Yeah, absolutely. So money mindset in a really practical, like that specific part of it. And you've heard me talk, you know, I'm into all the energies. I'm mm-hmm. I'm, <laughs> I'm 50% woo, put it that way. Uh, <laughs> money mindset to me is what we believe around money. And therefore that does have an energetic um, effect in our world. So we all grow up with a lens on the world that we just believe is true. And mm-hmm. we pick up stories, how we learn about a concept like money is from what our parents tell us or what our grandparents tell us or what society's telling us or what we see on the news. And as with everything in childhood, sometimes uh, these memories are morphed or sometimes one thing stands out. Uh, so many people have stories, I mean, it just depends on your upbringing, doesn't it? But maybe um, of, you know, we say we want to make money, but actually we have negative connotations to what that mm-hmm. would mean. And we have very deep roots, uh, if I can talk energy, like a yeah, base yeah, of we want to stay close to our friends, we want to stay close to our family, we want to stay included. And we often have subconscious things of I want money, I want money, but actually I don't. You know, it's kind of like mm. foot on the pedal, foot on the brake. And these were the things I started discovering as my business started taking off. I didn't want to shine. I mean, I think UK is just like Australia and New Zealand, like tall poppy mm-hmm. syndrome, right? Like you don't yeah. stand from other people and I did start I didn't like the attention I was necessarily getting even though I wanted that goal you know it's people were jealous or people were you know comparing and I didn't like that I don't want to make other Mm. people feel less than and you know things came up I remember making my first $50,000 a month and it was like a personal achievement goal right like it just kept going clients were renewing and it was like whoa and it was all very exciting and then a friend of mine put it on Facebook and all I could think of was what sorry let me just clarify this a friend of yours put on Facebook that you had just had a $50,000 a month because that's her news to share um group that we were in and she was just so happy for me and she put it on Facebook and all I could think of is oh my god my parents are gonna see this my friends are gonna feel see this all of these things and then I remember confiding in a close family member thinking that he would get it and you know like oh my god I just did this it was a really big personal achievement and 10 minutes later later hearing him and his wife argue about money and you know hearing him say I'll get two jobs and like Uh. for about Three months I processed that. And the reason I share that is a lot of people won't even get to that point. They know that these things could happen or could come up. 
And and even then, if you're brave, as I felt I was, then they do come up. (laughs) And so I spent a lot of time. I have three steps that I work on in money mindset that I can share with you. Yeah, that'd be great. Uh, Part of it was every time you expand or have a different belief or you see something like this is doing whatever you can to realize, like ask the question, is this true? You know, is this true that I'm a bad person for this? Is this true that I caused someone to feel that? Is it Mm. true? I mean, there's hundreds, you know, so many of us have negative connotations of the dirty rich or, you know, fine for their money bags. Um, You know, I remember growing up, one of our family friends became rich. At least this is my memory of the story. Uh, And parents talking about, oh, he did the dirty, like, you know, did a dirty business and as a grown-up now I'm like that probably wasn't even the case but no. <laughs> stories people have jealousy around money it can be the biggest trigger mm. uh, as we know so my three parts that I work on and that I was working on that year um let me say a mentor had said to me an Olympic athlete doesn't just wake up and win an Olympic you know like a gold medal mm. they're up in the pool 6 a.m when everyone else is asleep doing um, laps, right? And it's boring mm-hmm. and it's repetitive. They do the work and it's building the muscle. And I took that really seriously with my money mindset work. So firstly, I was reading a lot of money books. Mm-hmm. And what I'm looking for when I'm reading those books is actually I'm trying, I'm almost trying to get triggered. Like what's the bit that I don't believe or what's yeah. the belief that, you know, I'm like, oh, that's not true or something like that. And then checking in well, could it be true? Mm-hmm. Like just because I had this belief and it's actually the bits that kind of catch us that we want to lean into and explore in ourselves. Mm-hmm. Secondly, uh, and I do this even to today, like a three-part yeah. you know, golden hour. So I've got the listening. I had the books on audio. I had the books highlighting, you know, a lot of the classics, but a lot of new money books too now that are out yeah. there. Um, secondly, I would be uh, meditation. Yeah. And by meditation, what I'm looking to do is really try and quiet my mind of all the the chatter about money and get into the highest vibration place, the highest possibility. And really what you're trying to do is feel the abundance. Mm. No one even wants money. I really don't think we care about money. We want the feelings we think it's going to bring us. Yeah, absolutely. We can have that instantly. We can have that and we can Mm. program that in ourselves to become normal because we are not our bodies. Our physiology is not used to feeling that way. So Mm. it's kind of like training it first. So that's what I would do in meditation, but really it's more about feeling. Mm -hmm. And then the third part was writing it into reality, like starting to write my story, starting to write, it can be mantras, but also, um, you know, what's the story going to be like when I've got this money largely for me, I've always found that money and I learned this through the books too. Money comes for a purpose, so yeah. I've always got a strong reason for the money and I, I write that into reality. Uh, you know, I'll, I really, at, for example, when I first launched my mastermind, I just knew it was going to take more money, more team. Uh, mm-hmm. To this day, I feel a lot of the money comes through my business to fuel the team uh, so that I can offer that larger experience. And I'm always connected to where the money is going to flow to. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not about having money, although, of course, you know, some abundance in that area is, is nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love those steps. And it's weird, like I said, when I first started my business, there was no woo in me at all. Like, 
never mm-hmm. even came into my world. I'm certainly from a family that would not, like if I said, what's your money mindset? They would literally be like, what the hell are you talking about? <laughs> and they, by the way, have a very negative money mindset. Um, but then when I discovered people like James Wedmore and started to look at, you know, Brooks Dio and coaching and, and got my own coach and my amazing coach, Mary Hyatt, who is just an absolute doll. And I talk about her all the time on the podcast, but the money mindset thing really came into play. And some of these things here, and what I would love, if you don't mind, Amanda, um, after the podcast, if you could send me a list of some of the books you've read, and I'll put that in the show notes, that would be just perfect if anybody wants to explore this further. But I have to say, the living in abundance thing is, for me, has been so important, not only the gratefulness of where I am today, and actually how very rich we are in terms of what we have in our lives and our, you know, we're both sat in nice houses in, in you know, countries that, that do well. And, you know, we're not having to worry about water or getting food on the table, you know, so one, seeing all of that. But then the other thing I do, which my husband laughs at me every time, is like, so I'll go down to him and go, oh, by the way, I've just taken on this, or we've just had this come in or whatever. And it's X amount of money. And he'd be like, wow. And I'd be like, isn't that brilliant? And I welcome it and I want more and I welcome more. And I thank for that money and I'm grateful for that money. And I talk about it like, and some more can come in and I am ready for it and I want it. And I, you know, so I do this and he thinks I'm crazy, but that's fine. Um, but yeah, so the money mindset for me, because I grew up with uh, money doesn't grow on trees. Um, yeah. Money, people are not nice when they have money. It's all right for them. They'll always have it. We don't. People like us struggle. Um, and and still to this day, you know, uh, I was talking to my dad the other day and, and there's still elements of that that I hear. My mum especially had a really negative money mindset. and But there's still elements that I'm hearing from my dad that I'm like, yeah, that's not where I want to be. I want to be, you know, and the same of, I'm I'm handing that away because more is coming in, more is coming in. So I don't mind spending money on that thing because more's going to come to me and that's fine. So so I love all that stuff and I could literally talk about that all day. Um, so um, if you could do the books, that'd be brilliant because I know that my audience love a book. I love a book. Okay, so let's move, shift gears a bit. This is like a terrible segue. I should learn my presenting skills better because it's like one minute we're talking about mindset now. Let's talk Instagram. Um, so, <laughs> but we, you one of the bring things. Bring up my life, really. Like, <laughs> <laughs> go from here, go from here, do this, do this. And also, like, literally in business, this is so true. Like, one minute I'm doing a meditation in the morning or journaling or doing my grateful work. And then the next minute I'm like, damn, I haven't posted on Instagram. What am I going to post? So it literally is like that on a for real basis. So let's just talk briefly about Instagram because of the fact of, well, one, this is one of the things you like to talk on, which is great. And I'm a big, big fan of Instagram. Um, and so are lots of my audience because I tell them that Instagram's brilliant. But let's just start off like, why is Instagram seen as such a great platform for people trying to grow their online businesses? Yeah, I think personally that it's to do with the stories and the video aspect. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, visual is all, you know, pretty, whatever, but we love to follow a story. You think about it, you know, why do we follow TV or read books? It's because we like to follow a story. And I just feel that the story capability and the IGTV have really become the characters that we follow in our lives. No, it's almost like the characters we follow on TV, the series that we follow, uh, even our friends. You know, we go on there and we feel that we're friends with people because we see their house or their kids or their dog or whatever they are. It's very addictive, obviously, but I truly think it's about that connection. 
uh, and the, the characters and the story that people just love going on there for. Mm. And you're right, because like, you know, I think of all sorts of examples. So my friend is doing his house up and obviously they don't live too far away from us, but because we've been on lockdown, we can't, we're not seeing them really, you know? So again, I'm loving seeing their house. I'm loving seeing his daughter grow up and they do the most hilarious stories. I follow the people I want to aspire to be like, and I look at their houses. God, I'm so nosy. I literally do. I'll pause a story and I'll be like, look at that kitchen. That's amazing. I want that kitchen. Um, But you're right. It's become like our our soap opera. It's like our, you know, kind of reality TV, isn't it? But it's actually people we know or interact with or want to interact with. So yeah, I I love an Instagram story and I can kill many hours watching Instagram stories, which is unfortunate. So, but one of the things that you talk about, which is one of the things I want to get over, because uh, I was talking to Amanda at the beginning of this saying that one thing I love for you guys when you're listening is to take some stuff away. So Amanda's got three big mistakes that her clients make on Instagram, and she's going to talk about what they are and how to fix them. So let's get going with that. Absolutely. Well, the first one is just straight off what we just said. You know, it's a contradiction contradiction really yeah because instagram is about building a brand and the things that we just talked about build your brand builds the no like trust factor really important but the number one biggest mistake that i see my clients make and many entrepreneurs is that they are not doing what i call asking for the dance or you know in marketing terms putting the sale out there mm-hmm. so i can watch people for weeks you know like these kind of pretty behind the scenes things and And then they say to me, no one's buying from me. No one's sending me DMs. And I have tracked people. And I'm like, I do not see a single story slide that says what you offer very clearly. You know, marketing, what are your pain points? What are the desired outcomes? Who is this for? What are the features of your package? We should be promoting very, very clear sales slides. I mean, you got to find what's right for your business. But let's say like every Friday something like that and you can design up a beautiful story that's like this is about my services this is who it's for and you can rinse and repeat these things Mm. but we need to actually be telling people hey I'm in business and this is what I offer otherwise people don't know so we can do all the beautiful behind the scenes stories but if you want to make money you will never especially say in the coaching industry where the model is get someone on the phone you've got to ask Mm. you've got to have conversations And that just does not happen by magic just because you shared your renovation. (laughs) Yeah. And you're right, right? So I am going to sit here, hand up in the air, go, this is me. This is entirely the mistake that I make. I am really consistent on Instagram stories. I am on it all the time. I share lots of different things. I share my podcast. I talk about stuff. The best ever interaction I got was when we did our garden. So basically I do garden watch and I go, look what's happened today. Oh my God, people loved it. But I very, very rarely post a lead magnet or tell people how they can buy my stuff or join me for a 90-day program or in the academy or very, very, very rarely. So, yeah, that's a tick. Well done. I've done mistake number one. Let's see if I've done mistake number two. (laughs) (laughs) This is like bingo. There's different parts to your brand, but, yeah, that's the top one I see people missing. Uh, And if we want clients, we want to be in business, we're going to ask. We've got to say it, yeah. So the second one, you know, ties into that a little bit, not using the DMs as a a channel, the direct messages. Instagram is the best place I know of for direct messages because you have functionalities and you want to back design for this, I guess. So things like polls, 
questions, even just a typed question, like asking for interaction, Instagram shows you exactly who voted, exactly what they said, exactly what they're looking for. And it's just the most beautiful platform to then naturally follow up with people like, hey, so you voted on this, Uh, love what you're thinking, you know, anything I can help you with. It's a much more natural platform to start those conversations. It's also, I guess, a place that we do. It is more social on Instagram. So back designing for the DMs and then using the DMs, not to go straight in and say, buy my stuff. Like there's certainly some very horrible DM examples out there. But building genuine connection. Uh, You know, someone was saying to me today, they don't really like doing sales calls. I was like, you can almost have the whole sales call in a DM. You know, looking, asking someone, what are they struggling with? What do they want as an outcome? Are they committed? You can kind of go through a whole sales process in the DMs. Sometimes you can then sell from DMs or when you're sure they could be an ideal client, then suggest they get on the phone. So it's a beautiful, the DMs is almost a tool of its own uh, that is very underutilized. And I think you're right in the sense of the other thing that I quite like about a DM is and not from a sales strategy, I should be thinking about this, but it lets them off the hook. Like, as in, obviously I don't do any calls, so I've never, you know, I don't have to do the whole, I'm on a phone call with someone. Years ago, when we had the agency and I did more promotion in the agency, I would get on Zoom calls or meetings where I would try and convince them to, you know, sign up or whatever. But on a DM, it's easier for them to go, do you know what? That's not for me. And if it's not for them and you've given them all the points, then absolutely fine. Not a problem. But, you know, you're not having to string along that awkward, like, oh, just check. Oh, I'm not sure. Oh, I'm, you know, because that wastes your time as much as anything else. So if they're not interested or if they're not, this isn't for them right now, then I feel like a conversation through a DM is like easier for them to go, thank you, but um, I'm just not sure this is right for me at the moment. Whereas, a face-to-face conversation or an over-the-phone conversation is hard to do that. And they might not yeah. want to do that then. And then they'll string you along a bit and then you'll waste your time a bit more. And and actually, if I'm not for someone, then cool, that's that's fine. Just let me know and move on type thing. So, yeah. Reframes, doesn't it? The whole kind of like, oh, sales call. I'm going to have to make a decision. Like, it's just so much more natural. And I think it gives both parties just a much easier out yeah. as well. And the other thing about the DMs, which is cool, is this isn't just text. So I send a lot of voice DMs because I'm lazy. That is yes, the crux of it. I can't, I'm a rubbish texter. I hate it. Have you seen these nails? They're ridiculous. Um, but like, so I send voice DMs all the time. And sometimes I send video DMs and it's like, isn't that lovely? Isn't that, I remember someone messaged me once about the podcast that they said some really lovely stuff and they'd shared it on their Instagram. So I was in a rush. I was doing something. So I sent them a quick voice note back going, oh, thank you. I really appreciate you listening to the podcast. And she sent me a message back going, oh my God, it sounds like you. And it's like, yeah, it is me. It's me on the podcast. Like (laughs) it's the same voice. But you know, that was such a personal way for her to to experience a conversation with me. And and yet it was super easy and simple for me. So yeah, even using a mix of those things within the DMs is great, isn't it? Totally. People can be blown away when they hear your voice and it feels like you've really taken that extra touch. Can I say one more example here, which blew, blew my mind really about how big this person is. So Jasmine Starr has been on the podcast. I've met Jasmine lots of times, been very lucky to have conversations with her. She knows who I am and she'll joke and message me. If I message her, she'll message me back saying my favorite British person. And so granted, she knows who I am. 
okay, so that's the first step. So I need to be honest about that. But I was part of her social curator group and then I left because I thought I didn't need it anymore. And then I was like, oh no, actually I do really miss it. and I want to come back. So the next time the cart opened, I rejoined. Out of nowhere, bearing in mind the cart was opening and this woman has like, there is a lot, and I mean thousands and thousands in her group, right? So this is not a small program. She is massive. She has like, I don't know, is it like 200,000 people follow her on Instagram? So this woman is huge, you know? Anyway, I had signed up for Social Curator. I hadn't really thought anything about it. I get a DM, a voice DM from Jasmine going, oh my God, Teresa, I've just seen that you signed up. I am so glad you're back. Da, 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 da. And then I messaged her back um, something and she replied again. And it's like, if Jasmine Starr, the size she is, because personally, I do not agree when someone gives their DMs to someone else to manage. If you DM me on Instagram or anywhere on my platforms, it's me that gets back to you. Now, granted, it might take me a couple of days, but I will definitely get back to you. And the, and anybody who goes, well, I'm too big and too important for that, just go check out Jasmine Starr because this woman's massive. And if she can do that, if she and she genuinely replies to everybody, it might be short replies, it might be, yeah, thank you, or, you know, great. She'll normally put boo in there or something because that's her tone of voice. But she yeah. does genuinely reply to people. And the fact that she realised or saw, and I don't even know how she'd have done that, that I had rejoined and then went to the effort to go to Instagram, find my account, send me a voice message, that blew me out of the water. So... You know, like I said, for people who are sat thinking, oh, it's a lot of work though, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Yeah, sorry, yeah. but it is a lot of work. <laughs> and now get on with it. Like, it, it, and that's the point. Jasmine says she blocks out so much time of her day and that's all she does is go through every DM and reply because it's so important to build that relationship. And that's why Jasmine has a seven-figure business today and some probably. So yeah, the DMs are crazy important. Okay, on to number three. Beautiful. Well, number three actually is about building the relationships because where else? I mean, seriously, it's almost like I planted you to say that. Like you think about it, (laughs) could you just send a DM and know that a, you know, someone like Jasmine Starr is going to read it herself and get back Mm -hmm. to you. The, this is so underutilized because Instagram is still, like we say, the kind of social, it's kind of our personal Mm -hmm. platform as well. And the relationships, you can reach anyone. You mm. can just send a DM. We're all the same. You know, there's kind of like no hierarchy on Instagram. Mm. We can send uh, messages. We can get to know people. We can form partnerships. And one of my favorite things is how easy it is. Like if you say you don't have time, just mm. share someone else's post. So we can go, you know, onto the feed. If it resonates with your work, you can share someone's post, add to it. Who doesn't love to share someone that yeah. shared them? Like, yeah. you know, if you go share me right now, Teresa, I'm like, yes, content. Like, yeah, you know, thank you very much. And all I have to do is push one button and I've now got a story. And that's an opportunity to get in front of audiences of tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands, because everybody wants to be, you know, we're all working. Jasmine's working. I'm working. You're working. You know, we all want the best for our communities. We all want content. So contributing to people is so easy on Instagram. Uh, tagging them in your own stories doesn't have to be resharing this. You know, often my clients will sit on the mastermind and, you know, take videos of the mastermind. Yeah, I love to reshare that. That mm-hmm. is sharing content for me. But for them, then they get in front of my audience. And yeah. 
little things like that are so easy to do on Instagram. And I don't know any other platform that you can build relationships and gain exposure to potential ideal clients along the way. And you're so right. I am a huge fan of anybody. And it's this thankfulness that Jasmine has and we have that we are grateful for many reasons for someone taking the time and effort to take a photo, talk about, you know, someone was re-watching one of my coaching calls from the academy the other day at one of the members and she took a photo and tagged me in it. And of course I shared it and was like, yay, and put a gif. I was trying to find something fun or whatever. Um, But because like you said, not only am I thankful that she's going to the effort to not only do my work, but tag me in and show her followers, look, I'm doing this brilliant work with Teresa. But then obviously in me sharing that on my platform, I'm going, look, people are doing my work and they think it's awesome. You know, it's not just me saying how good I am. It's someone else saying how good you are. So, and then like you said, I'm rewarding her by giving her exposure because she bothered to tag me in. Like, so this is like a, it is so much like a kind of, you scratch my back, I scratch yours type scenario that's like for the greater good like let's all just love on each other because the more we love on each other the more it's going to help absolutely yeah and again I just get that feeling of for me anyway Instagram still feels like my personal platform you know there's kind of like no so you do just naturally share what you love or what you're Mm. seeing I've never gone and like planned to do it that way I guess you could that's what I think is just so natural about the platform Mm. And I don't share, like my Facebook pay, uh, profile or page, actually, I don't share anybody else's content other than like if we're posting an article, but we'll post it. We're not like sharing it direct from their page because I just don't use that platform in that way. The same way as in my own personal profile, I never share content. Like, you know how, and it's normally my stepchildren or younger my my nieces or nephews they'll literally share everything and it's like they're sharing like 20 30 posts a day from other people and whatever whatever and it's like that's not me that's not what I would do so but I would on Instagram obviously I'd share stuff that was relevant to to people who are following me but I would much more willingly share stuff there than I would somewhere else so like you said they're just different for different things aren't they different culture there yeah yeah, yeah. This is brilliant. And like I said, I can happily put my hand up and say, I never hardly ever talk about my products and services, which I should definitely get better at doing because uh, that is, you know, pretty crucial. If I want to continue doing this, I do need to make money. And um, thank you so, so much, Andy. It seems so lovely to talk to you and some such a varied episode. I've covered so many things, but I'm really grateful for it because I think they are all so important. And I think I don't know about you, but it just shows that this is not one, when you're in business for yourself, there is a lot going on and there's a lot you need to think about and a lot, you know, you go from one minute meditating to the next minute doing something really practical, like let's share some stuff on Instagram. So thank you so much for being guest. It was a great episode. Thank you for having me. It was wonderful. I really hope you enjoyed that episode today. Like I said, I love chatting to Amanda and it was funny how we just went over all these different things and almost ran out of time and didn't talk about the one thing she came on to talk about. Anyway, so if you enjoyed it, please do let us know. As always, come and find me on Instagram if you're not there. Tag us in. And if you're feeling super generous, then head over to iTunes and drop us a lovely review. That would be amazing. Also, don't forget to go and check out the 90 day program and see if that's the right fit for you. And if I can help you grow your business, 
and do amazing things before this year is out. Okay, guys, have a wonderful week and I will see you back here next week. Thank you so much for listening to the Marketing That Converts podcast. And if you enjoyed this episode, then please do go check out TeresaHeathWaring.com where you'll find more amazing content to help you grow your business.